is that uh, how little people care is something that it's that's one of the things with the cannabis legalization news this week. How did the week treat you? Uh, you know, it's been good. How was your 420? Oh, man, uh, that was not bad. I, I was kind of overworked. So I, I did a lot of crap on 420. I made like two videos. I just put one out. It was about the um, uh, a summary of like the eight laws that are currently in Congress about Ooh. cannabis legalization. There's probably more than those eight laws. I'm not sure exactly how many laws there are in Congress right now on cannabis, but it's it's a few. And so those were, those were like the eight ones that I summarized. And, you know, check that out. Uh, a lot of people are watching that. So I did that. Uh, I also then threw some axes. I didn't. I have a, bl a busted rotator cuff. So um, I watched people throw axes at a bar. At a bar with beer. With beer. Uh, yeah, it's it's Illinois. Uh, even once they have an adult use bill, which still has not been introduced into the House, so I don't know what it looks like. Uh, even then, from what I've heard, the uh, senator talking about what she proposes, uh, there will not be any uh, cannabis bars, especially ones that you can throw axes at uh, in 2020 or in the foreseeable future of Illinois. However, there are bars all over the United States where you can drink beer and throw axes. So, you know, not really sure what we're trying to protect. <laughs> that is so fucking crazy, man. Oh yeah, but axe throwing is popular these days. Axe throwing is very, very popular. Well, anyway, a little person throwing. A little personal throwing? Uh, yeah, you know, word tossing. Oh, yeah, word tossing, man. I did some word tossing today. It was all right. It's a due process kind of Wednesday. And so... Um, <laughs> Man, how is how stuff going out in the uh, Seattle area? Things are starting to get a little nuts over in Illinois. As uh, the crop gets closer and closer, things just get more and more active. Oh, yeah. I, well, I mean, here it's still those the bills that I talked about last week. The main one that I'm hoping passes is uh, uh, 5234, which uh, will, it'll, it'll create more uh, uh, opportunity for proper legalization. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, you know, farmers markets addresses that kind of environment. Things that Can you buy cannabis at a farmers market, then? So before, when it was just medical, we, we were able to do that, and we have a couple. You still. could buy cannabis at a farmers market when it was medical in Washington State. Yeah, it was just a, a cannabis farmers market. It was pretty awesome. That is nuts. That is nuts. I can't believe like you could go to the farmers market and be like, "Oh, honey, how's the cannabis? Oh, we're out. We're out. You got to go get that stuff." I mean, that would have been crazy. It, it, it was awesome. And and the nice thing about those markets at the time was you can consume it on, on premises. So you could sample the product. You could, you could go to the farmer's market, get your cannabis, and then consume it on site? Yeah, it was, it was pretty awesome. Wait, uh, didn't like hippies and like Hitler come back and like ruin everything for America and people were like dying in the street and terrible, terrible un-American things happened? Well, what happened is people who uh, saw everybody else get rich, and then they, that's where our recreational law came about. Because all this stuff was going on when it was medical. Wait, wait. So your 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 adult use laws over in Washington State came about because people weren't getting rich enough off of cannabis. I believe so, because uh, uh, <clears throat> that, was, that's, that was a big argument. You know, hey, it's not fair because you have a medical uh, certificate. You know, I should be able to smoke my weed, too. Or and I should be able to buy the store without saying that I'm sick or injured. But, you know, yeah. um, I mean, I guess there's a point to it, but the fact is uh, we had that kind of environment for about 10 years and there were no, 
<laughs> there was no um, zombie apocalypse. There was no. Uh, well, it's only because it was in Washington State. I mean, had this this very strange hippie liberal conspiracy that is cannabis for sale and for consumption at farmers markets right there. The Republicans they can just kiss Texas goodbye with that one. Oh, it, it, it was an amazing. Uh, and so yeah, we we uh, regressed with our law, but we're we're getting there. Well, a lot of other places are really only uh, improving their law. Uh, there was a, I didn't see a lot of legislative news come out that I, that really raised my eyebrows over the past weekend. But of course, it was Easter weekend and it was also 420. So I'm sure that the legislature was kind of busy. There was a pretty interesting uh, couple of studies, pretty interesting couple of studies on uh, drug driving, which is a little misnomer. We shouldn't call it drug driving. We should call it uh, driving with cannabis, what would you describe it as? I mean, is it driving under the influence is really the only thing you can really kind of say. Because I mean, even driving high, you know, when someone uh, requires a high amount of medication, they can still function. Uh, I've seen people in, in driving while medicated. Driving while medicated. Yeah. All right. So there was a study or two studies from driving while medicated. Uh, has not uh, one came out of Canada. Uh, marijuana legalization hasn't led to many more impaired driving charges, say the police. So that's out of Vancouver. And then, of course, you know, that study is just observational. But when you have an entire country that has entirely legalized something and not more impaired driving charges, maybe driving while medicated is not as bad as some people make it out to believe. And then that was corroborated by uh, this is a uh, I'll drop this one down in the uh, the uh, description section of the video. It's a Weed Maps uh, article that came out of today, and it says like a Kansas researcher uh, found that legalized marijuana did not result in an uptick of fatalities. So, well, there's, there's one that Michigan as well. Oh yeah, you're right. Another one did come out of Michigan. So now we have three data points out of three separate locations. That's that's officially a trend. Yeah, you know, like I said, for 10 years, we've had this uh, world where I was able to consume after work and uh, and nobody fucking knew about it or no one cared about it. There was no. People knew. They knew where to go. If they wanted they to go, they could find it. Yeah. But there's no outcry of like all these like uh, uh, increased homelessness or increased psychosis issues. There's, there's none of this shit. You know, it's just. Wait, people didn't go like all crazy and stuff. Right. I mean, there wasn't the uh, 21 days later type syndrome. That, did you see that? That was actually one of the cooler things of marijuana legalization news from the past week was that new Netflix special. Just check that one out. Oh, and we got a little shout out onto the Netflix. Did you watch it? Yeah, man. The Netflix special was like great. It was the entire back history. It's a wonderful documentary of this, the purely subjective racist law that is marijuana prohibition. I, I learned a lot from it, from from the terminology and the jazz, jazz days. And uh, <laughs> I knew a lot of like the reefer man and muggles, but I didn't know that jive also meant cannabis. Exactly. Same here. And also the, the, the references to the drug dealer, like in the, the Method Man songs. The Method Man song? I thought it was the reefer man song. That was that Cab Calloway one from like the early 30s, back when nobody knew what it was. And I also did not know the extent that... Um, Louis Armstrong really consumed cannabis like that was his religion almost. It was pretty, pretty amazing. He was ahead of his time. Hey, we got a question. 
651 says, uh, how do y'all feel about Louisiana's terrible medical marijuana laws and the changing views among Republicans when it comes to weed? I'm a 19-year-old Republican, and I love smoking. Well, um, if you're a 19-year-old Republican, yes. If you're a 19-year-old Republican that loves smoking, I'm not really sure how you're a 19-year-old Republican. Those two things are like diametrically opposed in my brain, and I'm not really sure how it goes. Of course, maybe you're just a freedom-loving American, and you don't want anybody telling you what to do. Uh, the problem with that is that you know these draconian uh, cannabis laws that are in more conservative states, uh, they see people that use the cannabis as like uh, an actual problem. And that problem was like, I think it was called The Grass is Greener. Is that the name of the Netflix special? Yeah, I put the link in the um, comments. Yeah, it was cool. It was like the first time I ever saw Johnny Green. Johnny, like, you know, I was like, oh, my gosh, that guy is prolific. He's even on the yeah. Netflix special. <laughs> yeah. No, I, you know, the whole Republican bullshit, I, I, I don't. I think we we we, we uh, tend to like uh, make it a left or right issue when there's really just like what about an American? We're all together. We want to go forward as a country issue. <laughs> you know. Yeah, that that's bad for uh, entrenched people that already have money and power. They don't really want change, and the change is going to be bad for them because they are you know making their money from the system as it is currently set up. So do you think private prisons and, and tobacco companies and alcohol companies and, and uh, police unions and who, who else, uh, pharmaceutical companies, do you think they really want legalized cannabis or do they want their, the last 80 years to continue? Well, if you think about it, I mean, originally it started off with just a suppression of minorities. As people evolved with money, uh, then it becomes like you're saying, the money people who are even minorities themselves are like, I don't want to tap into my check. You know, uh, <laughs> we're such an unbalanced uh, a system of checks and balances now where, you know, with this one law that was created to fuck one people, now it's just fucking everybody. Yeah, and it's and it's terrible in the sense that it, it I thought they did a great job. And if you haven't checked it out, go watch The Grass is Greener. It's a, a wonderful historical documentary as to exactly why this law is you know, unconstitutional because it is so racist and because it is so crazy. But um, yeah, I really enjoyed it. And I thought they did a great job of explaining it all. I, I just can't believe that the whole point of the law is to make sure that the people that they are scared of, and by they, I mean like the Rothschilds, the Gettys, the five people, like uh, from that Mike Myers thing where they, uh, so I married an ax murderer, where he was like, he has this conspiracy theory over the top five families that run the world. And, you know, those people don't want to give up any control. And there's to be the top five uh, families that run America, you know, the Fords, the, the Hearst. The Hearst, actually, that's kind of some of the uh, rumor uh, of the history as well, was that Hearst wanted his newspaper businesses to not be threatened by hemp. And so a lot of the origins of the marijuana laws had to do with all this yellow journalism that was going on. I think through mostly Hearst papers, and then they would use the journalists. Uh, they would get Sal, not Sal Anslinger, Harry J. Anslinger would then take the newspapers to Congress and be like, "Look at this! Look at how dangerous this is! Why it was printed in the paper? It must be true." Yeah, and just like in a, in a, in a documentary, how they were talking about the, uh, <laughs> they just took such sections of the highlighted articles, and you know, man smokes weed and kills his family of five, and. Uh, uh, they don't mention the psychosis that he had beforehand or, you know, the tendency, 
you know, there's so many other factors. Weed's not the issue that's fucking bringing us down, you know? Well, again, it's just that people are scared. And people were scared and they exploited that fear. And then they were able to, I mean, what happens if cannabis uh, does re reduce people's anxiety and their fears and all these other things? They could all of a sudden not want to uh, do all the things that Madison Avenue needs you to do so they can beat on the top and the bottom line over at Wall Street. But well, speaking of some other like really crazy news that I saw, you actually passed me along one of these uh, articles. This one was out of Michigan that you gave me. This one that I'm, I got from another uh, person uh, reached out from Arizona. Have you heard about the hemp farmers being concerned with the marijuana farmers because of cross-pollination? Yeah, that's the same thing that we have up here in Washington. So do you guys have both hemp and, uh, can well, they're both cannabis, hemp and marijuana being grown in Washington outdoors? So, yeah, on the east side there is. That, that, and that's the issue. Uh, I'm over here in Seattle side. It's always cold for the most part. So there's a lot of, uh, you know, the northwest was advanced when it came to hydroponics back in the day. Um, the northwest was always ahead as far as in the indoor growing. They needed to well, grow yeah, indoor. I thought the indoor growing, though, and correct me if I'm wrong, the indoor growing was a byproduct of the uh, crackdown by law enforcement officers because you had to grow it um, in a way that is not going to be detected. And you're also trying to grow it to maximize your yields because, you know, you sell it by weight. So that's why I thought a lot of the growers uh, shied away from the genetics that were more along the sativa strains and then more toward the uh, squat fatty indica strains that would make a fairly uh, heavy, dense, sticky bud. Uh, well, from my perspective, it's been, you know, the Californian people will grow outside because your best grow is going to be outside with a sun-riched uh, plant. But um, and then that's how I've seen evolution has been in California or regions that are always sunny. They do grow outside as much as possible. I mean, there are ways to make your plant blend in with your garden. But at the same token, uh, you know, the Northwest, limited sunlight, uh, limited uh, uh, good weather when it comes to growing. <laughs> like right now, if I didn't plant outside, I'm fucked. Right now? If you didn't plant outside, you're screwed? Well, actually, uh, I should have planted last month. Oh, yeah. Well, it's still really kind of – spring's finally getting here to the central Illinois area. You can always yeah. tell when morale season kind of swoops through. And uh, – Farmers might be getting the fields ready, but I haven't really seen any in the fields actually planting. So hopefully, and I think what it's going to be, I checked again today, Illinois is still not open for business when it comes to industrial hemp. Um, I think it's going to be on April 30th. And then I was reading another article about the Illinois adult use bill. I think that one will also be published on April 30th, but I'm not 100% on it. However, going back to this issue that you said that you have on the uh, uh, eastern side of the state, you have outdoor grows that have also with outdoor hemp. So you have both types of cannabis, hemp and marijuana. And is a cross-pollination an issue in the eastern part of Washington state as much as this article about uh, Arizona hemp farmers being concerned or the one that I saw about Michigan hemp farmers being concerned? I'm, I'm sure it's going to be an issue. We haven't uh, had any hemp uh, planning yet as far as uh I know in Washington state and I believe two years ago, they were trying to address this issue before the law came into place. They were trying to factor in zones, like how far away from each other should they be? Um, you know, are they going to implement rules about the wind? Uh, Cause I mean, that's where you get your pollination from. So 
I don't know what the how they actually address the issue. I just know it's it, it it is an issue that needs to be addressed. Yeah, it is, and I don't know how it's going to turn out either. It, uh, I know in Illinois it's illegal to grow marijuana outside, and so all the marijuana, the medical marijuana grown in Illinois, is grown. Uh, indoors, hydroponically, and you have HVAC systems that screen for pollen, and they're really worried about it. So I think that when you're outside, though, those pollens, they can travel for what, miles? Is that just a rumor? Or is that like real? No, that's true. And speaking from a guy from allergies, I'm constantly getting fucked in my nose. But uh, yeah. <laughs> we got two questions. Allergy uh, jokes. Yeah. All right, what's, what, what's the questions? Yeah, knock a cent. <laughs> um, engineering cannabis asks in the cannabis infusion with alcohol will that result in more restrictive laws in DUI or DWI laws specifically for infused products uh, well the answer to that question does re require us to guess anything where you're going to try to like predict the future and, and what type of laws will come up uh, however you can you can try the best you can to make an educated guess and so in the future at least when it comes to DUIs if I was a practicing DUI attorney, I would be trying to expand my practice area simply because this, this hypothesis, what happens if in 10 years, the cars are all driving themselves and DUIs, traffic fatalities, they just drop off a cliff and they go from hundreds of thousands a year to dozens, something like that. And if I was also a personal injury lawyer, I would be diversifying simply because the same thing. How did somebody get injured if the cars aren't crashing into each other no more? Uh, and, and that, irrespective of what type of concoctions, which right now, by the way, are able to be done because there is no regulation. So there's nothing to protect you from not going out there drinking whiskey until you're blind while doing any number of uh, illicit substances and then you know being behind a wheel. And I'm not sure because I don't practice criminal law, if that did happen, if they're able to stack various offenses on top of one another. And that might be something that, that would happen in the future if there is some type of blending of uh, THC or CBD and alcohol. It's just that it's, it's too speculative. And the real, the real thing I'd be worried about if I was a DUI or a personal injury lawyer is robot cars, especially I think Tesla. Oh my gosh, have you seen that Uber ad? No. Oh, man. You haven't seen like the Uber fleet ad, the Uber for like trucks? Have you seen that? Oh, no. Yeah. I'm getting like on the social media, I see ads for like Uber fleet. And then Tesla was just sending out like, you know, uh, auto taxis. They were just doing a press release and a little, you shouldn't call it a dog and pony show, but uh, one of those things where you're trying to get press for your own uh, stuff. They were just oh, yeah. doing some type of uh, junket for uh, whatever they have going on because their their software, those cars are already driving themselves. They're on the road right now. Yeah, yeah. No, I I think um, uh, well with the DUI thing too. Correct me if I'm wrong, but it seems like most of the laws are written. They're assuming that you're smoking it. They're not in account accounting for edibles. Yeah, that's that's true. I mean, most people commonly associate it with smoking. They do. Yeah. So I think they're, 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 the, the, the under the influence uh, topic is <laughs> still something that shouldn't be policed. I mean, that's going to be a hard one to, to, to you know, uh, 
say this is the cause and effect. And I, and I don't know why people are so focused on having a cause and effect, you know, but, um, oh, so got the other question though too, uh, from big Patman. He says he's a medical marijuana patient in Pennsylvania. We're not allowed to grow our own yet. Is it illegal to buy seeds? So I don't oh. know. What the, I don't know. Yeah, what I the, bet the, it is. I bet it's illegal to buy seeds. That would not surprise me. It might be legal to buy hemp seeds, but it might be illegal to buy uh, cannabis seeds that, especially if they're like feminized, like you know the strain specific one. Uh, that would not surprise me. I mean, it's it's same in Illinois. It's you can have your medical card, but it's still not uh, lawful to actually cultivate your own medicine. Um, there was a good poll that was released on 420 by CBS News regarding uh, marijuana legalization. It's now up to 65% of Americans think marijuana should be legal, but 56% say they wouldn't sway their vote on a candidate across party lines, which again, you know, it's, it's important, but it's just not all that important to the uh, America. In Pennsylvania, though, it's kind of a scary state too, um, because, uh, well, that's the place where Tommy, Tommy Chong got busted, you know, for selling bongs. Uh, yeah, but that was in 2003. I mean, the laws are slow to change. The laws in 2003 that got him uh, may still be there, but I thought that was a federal one and had to do something with uh, crossing state lines. But I, I apologize. What were you saying about Pennsylvania's marijuana laws? Well, I was just going to say because uh, uh, I always tend to, like, see how the, the powers that be, uh, um, you know, implement the rules because mm – -hmm. Tommy Chung got busted because uh, it, it did cross the state line, but it had to be that state in particular because of a law that was written in the state because um, they were doing other states services and, and until they got to the, the sting for that one state. But um, on, on the seed note, though, just to let them know um, that you can buy seeds uh, through the mail. You know, some of those ones in the back of the High Times magazines uh, – are legit seed sellers and i'm actually gonna post an instagram there uh mother's finest organics um you can dm them too and get seeds um you know the seeds issue because it doesn't have thc they're still able to transport them they're still being sold i just always think it's a question of uh who you're buying them from you know well yeah that's going to be really really uh important but as well you know my recommendation is sometimes just don't push your luck, you know, be, be really careful. And then, um, again, uh, don't try to like ask that type of advice on a, a feed of a show, <laughs> you know, just, uh, but yeah, like you said, you know, be careful, trust who you're going to have and, and all that. And, um, you know, it's one heck of a world, isn't it? I still remember like seeds have been available for sale and you could buy them in, uh, uh, Europe back. I haven't looked in, in at least 10 years, but it's, it's something that you, you can do whatever you want, man. Just watch out there. Hey, have you heard that Mitch McConnell says that hemp could replace tobacco and argues that's why voters should reelect him? That is really cool about Mitch McConnell. I'm not the biggest fan of him, but he has been very, very good for hemp. Well, he uses the uh, uh, little image of hemp in his little promo video, if you saw that yet. I haven't. I haven't. That's great, though. I'm glad that he is so into... I mean, that's that's such a, a strange thing, because like hemp, a lot of hemp is is you approve the cannabis plant. I haven't met anybody who's like pro hemp, but anti marijuana legalization. Well, I think it's just them wrapping their heads around uh, 
the, the lies that they've been taught and even reinforced themselves. You yeah. know, uh, one of the uh, funny, uh, not funny, but because you're talking about the money behind prohibition <laughs> and in, a, in an article uh, here in the stranger, our, our local rag, they had a oh, nice yeah, local little, rag. Yeah. <laughs> they have a nice little write up about uh, the, the back, uh, the behind the story, the untold story of marijuana legalization. And it talks about how uh, Nadelman, Ethan Nadelman. Oh, yeah. He's the um, Students for Sensible Drug Policy. Is he SSDP or is he another one of them? I believe he's uh, yeah, Nathan Drug, Drug Policy I'm, Alliance. Drug, okay. Okay. DP, DPA, DPC, yeah. Yeah. There but are more than it one talks of about these how... uh, liberalization alliances, nonprofits in the, in the country. There's, there's a few. Oh, there's a shit ton. It depends on what they do is who I try and support, you know. But uh, he collected, actually, he got uh, billionaires to help fund the DPA. Oh, you know, if, if you're going to get somebody to help you with funding, it is important that you search out for billionaires because they have a lot of money. Yeah, but, you know, that helped make, come about with Prop 215 and, you know, just different little aspects of state funding. Mm -hmm. I just thought it was an interesting read. It's in the, I, I posted it in the comments. Uh, cool. All right, man. More uh, good old-fashioned marijuana legalization news. Uh, Alabama lawmakers approved medical marijuana bill, but if you look into it, where they are in the Alabama uh, medical marijuana progress, they are still in a committee. So an Alabama Senate Judiciary Committee passed the Alabama medical marijuana bill now it will go to uh, the full Senate. So, I mean, all these stages of where marijuana legalization is, uh, Alabama is definitely towards the beginning. But yeah. it's, it's an important step, and it looks like they are moving forward. And so hopefully one day Alabama will join the ranks of all these other states that still are doing just fine. Some states actually had cannabis at farmers markets where they would publicly consume it and they are still just fine but it's you know it, this thing takes so flipping long i that's go watch that uh netflix documentary because that thing was awesome and then you see that it's been going on for 80 or 90 years it's not going to stop on a dime you know yeah that's that's the most disheartening part when you if you actively try and do advocacy work and, and show up to uh like these bills that I mentioned before, to get a fucking bill passed and then to, to, to coordinate all your states to individually do that same thing at the same time, to have people to have enough balls just to really, and the time. And, you know, that's, uh, that's the important part. And the time, the time, that is a real commitment. I mean, you're going to try to make a change to a system that has been in place for 80 years. That's ballsy, man. Yeah, yeah, and not just that. You know, some of these people are uh, lifelong uh, manipulators of politics. You know, they understand the ins and outs, the the paperwork that needs to get fucking like McConnell, and his his able to to, to stop so many different proceedings. You know, uh, yeah, able he he understands sanitary uh, sanitary. He understands <laughs> parliamentary, and then the word senate, you smash them together, you get sedentary. It's also where you sit too much. That's sedentary yeah. procedure. Uh, but yeah, he understands the procedures that are, that are in play in the Senate. Oh, absolutely. But I'm glad that and what it, when it comes to his core, when why he's supporting hemp so much, it's because he is trying to help his state. And his state isn't the richest state in the world, 
but uh, and also it was a tobacco state. So by providing an alternative crop for tobacco farmers, that may in and of itself have hastened uh, marijuana legalization because I think that hemp, uh, even more people support legalization because they're like, wait, it's the same plant? It's basically the same plant. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. When you realize that the different uh, textiles and whatnot that can come from it, not just the fact that you can uh, have a good night with it. Yeah. Well, there's that, and then there's also the uh, plastics. I think are going to be huge. I think I think it for its ability to produce uh, cellulose will be big. But I am not um, a natural fiber welder. I don't have any intention to ever become one either. Well, they even have uh, uh, hemp uh, for three D printing. Like I said, it doesn't surprise me. It's a very versatile crop, and we'll see what it becomes over time. But for right now, I believe the thing that's really uh, driving the hemp expansion is the uh, CBD hemp. But uh, as the uh, facilities to process it come online more and more over the next few years, now uh, the pilot program is over. And so, you know, it, the hemp industry in, in five to 10 years will almost be as unrecognizable as the adult use marijuana industry might be. We have no idea what they're going to come up with. Well, you know, it's, it's funny. Are you familiar with Sam? Uh, students for Effective Marijuana. No, essay, Smart Approach to Marijuana. Is that what it stands for? Yeah, yeah. Those, and, and then they actually hit the deceiving name because uh, they're actually anti-legalization, right? They think... Right. Uh, it's it's uh, Pat Kennedy's, <laughs> Kennedy's uh, nonprofits. And so, like, for the nonprofits, like Ethan Edelman's, nonprofit or normal or, or, or MPP, then you have like Sam over there doing the exact opposite thing, which just makes changing the law the more hard. Well, and Sam's also funded by the goddamn DEA, which is which is sad. I mean, they're, they're, they're part funded, but yeah, uh, that's, I don't like that aspect. That's that's terrible. It's an unfair game. Uh, but, you know, the thing is, uh, one of their arguments is and I, and I think uh, what with the conversation, they keep advocates divide, divided by saying things like you know, we don't want corporate weed. You know, like we fight corporate weed. But you're telling me yeah. you're fighting Americans who are good business people? Right. Fight corporate weed. Why? Because you think that the drug cartel is just a whole bunch of, you know, mom and pop operators? It's, it's seriously. I mean, it, there's corporate weed, whether or not it's taxed or whether or not it's black market. Well, and like in the comments right now, uh, Big Pat Man, uh, he's uh, talked about a Marlboro's pre-roll. Question mark. Budweiser infused drinks. Question mark. Newport pre rolls. Question mark. The future. And actually, the Budweiser one is already here. Uh, one of the Budweiser, uh, <clears throat> one of the fucking things they own in California is making CBD infused uh, flavor drinks. Um, yeah, I saw that the CBD uh, infused flavor drinks are coming. And then there's another uh, YouTuber who does um, product reviews for hemp for smokable hemp flour. That's how I found CBD Technologies and I ordered some hemp flour from them. And his most recent product review, he was doing um, uh, smokable hemp uh, and they just, it came in a thing that looked like a pack of cigarettes. You open it up, they look like a pack of cigarettes, but they weren't cigarettes. Well, and I know that they deliver that in the UK. They actually deliver that uh, hemp in, in the flour. Mm -hmm. So they have a delivery service there. Um, but, you know, the whole corporate weed thing, you know, I kind of embrace it just because corporate people don't want to go to jail. Corporate people help change. Corporate people have their own jails. Like corporate mm -hmm. people don't go to jail. Corporate people go to like minimum security country clubs. 
But I'm just saying the corporate people are going to work on some laws and and and, and funnel that money for uh, changing the legislation or whatever need to be need to be done. NBD, no big deal. <laughs> yeah, no big deal. <laughs> yeah. The TLDR version of the cannabis laws is their fuck. Yeah, yeah. I mean, presently, just because some, just even the CBD fucking shit that we're going through with different states uh, pulling over products going through, or yeah, that's uh, I, I recorded too. That was another one of them, and that one's coming out. They aren't supposed to be pulling over those cars. Uh, the farm bill is very clear on that. There's uh, direction. Uh, for interstate commerce that's written into the farm bill that says, hey, supremacy clause, it's federally legal everywhere, and you are not to stop our hemp in Nebraska, Idaho, Iowa, any other state that doesn't have Texas. Texas doesn't, I don't, I'm pretty sure Texas does not yet have anything. There might be bills that are working through its legislature, but it doesn't have anything that's enforced. But, uh, yeah, the interstate commerce uh, provision of the 2018 Farm Bill, found on page 435 of the Farm Bill, by the way, uh, does provide that you are not to um, impede the interstate commerce of this lawful new uh, agricultural commodity. Let's see. Hmm. And so, Papa... I just thought that maybe you had something up on uh, that aspect to it. Oh, no. You know, it, the legalization news, cannabis, it, it, it's a spectrum, right? You got everything from policies and things happening as far as, like, products from companies that are getting uh, stopped and people being pulled over to actual just individual people being arrested for their medicine. Uh, there's a people in Idaho right now. Mm-hmm. Um, that's, you know, that's mostly where I get my street cred from is from helping people. Um, there's a, a person in jail right now called, his name's Craig Cecil. This guy's been, he's serving a 30 year to life sentence for conspiracy of cannabis. <laughs> and uh, there's a Facebook post that I'll be sharing here in the comments, but uh, he writes, he reaches out to a lot of people on the outside, giving us like, Hey, can you help me out here? Because uh, cops are beating these people. He is presently in Terre Haute, Louisiana, which is like one of the worst federal prisons. Terre Haute. Oh, wait. Terre Haute. Yep. Terre Haute or Terre Haute? Because yep. like Terre Haute's in Indiana. You said Terre Haute, Louisiana. There could be one. I don't know. A-T-E? Yeah. Uh, let's see. Where is he? Where is he at? So I posted the comments. <coughs> um, shit, I think you might be right. Is, is Terre Haute, is the one where you're at, is it a federal prison? Is there a federal yeah, prison? I think there's a federal prison in Terre Haute, Indiana. But, um, you know, I, I, don't, so, I don't deal with federal prisons. Well, you know, one of your clients might one day. <laughs> yes, unfortunately, that's terrible. We cannot change these cannabis laws fast enough so I can just deal, you know, just, just business, man. It's, you talk about it and you're like, well, here's how the deal comes in. Here's your cash flows. Here's your... You know, it's uh, you have your leverage, you have all these types of things. You make payments to your your creditors, and then you see how big you can grow. Uh, I did just get notice from uh, the ISBA, Illinois State Bar Association, that the majority of the bills uh, that have been filed are, uh, you know, no longer viable until the scheduled adjournment of May 31st. So there's going to be a few more amendments that come in, but uh, the Whenever there's a bill that's filed, if you're on like the ISBA's uh, committees and it's relevant to your area of the, the legal practice, they'll shoot it to you. And it's like, 
here's this bill, talk about it at your next meeting. And we talk about them all the time. Uh, but it looks like, uh, you know, first, we aren't going to have a legislature sitting in, after May 31st in Illinois. And second, uh, the third reading of the uh, cannabis bill for adult use in Illinois is set for May 3rd. There still has not been a bill that is visible to the public. So these these amendments and stuff that are coming through now, there's no other bills that looks like are going to be filed uh, in the state right now. And the way that it's currently filed with the Illinois cannabis uh, bill is it just says cannabis bill seen missing. And then, you know, then they say that there's an amendment to it. And when there's an amendment to it, that's actually when they stick in all the, the stuff that they want to vote. And the reason why they don't want to show it to us is because they don't want too much public input. Uh, they're trying to talk to the powers that be right now and make sure that all the Democrats are in order and that um, the president of Illinois, uh, Dave Matt, Mr. Madigan, Mike, Mike Madigan uh, says, this is our bill. We're all happy about it. And then it'll pass. It's just a little kind of a it's kind of a bummer that they don't trust the people more to be able to see it prior to that. So you can read it and start advising people as to what it means. So, you know, we were talking about with, with the grass is greener about the roots of uh, prohibition being pretty much racist. No, um, straight racist. I mean, you're talking about coming out of New Orleans and El Paso. I mean, it, it was it was Mexicans and jazz musicians like yeah. oh, so as far back as you can to like sure. the dawn of jazz. It basically came through New Orleans. That's where uh, um, uh, Louis Armstrong's from. And then the Mexicans, you know, Pancho Villa. And they're all smoking marijuana. It's it's yeah, straight up racism from like a hundred years ago. So the reason why I bring that up again is because uh, did you see the uh, Trump's Trump's administration take on immigrants working in legal states? No, I did not. What's his take on that now? State legal marijuana use makes immigrants morally unfit for citizenship. Trump administration warns. You can't be in a good American if you smoke weed. I'm just saying. Oh, man. Yeah, it's 100 years later, and it's still the exact same thing. You know, it's it's a threat to what it means to be American, this uh, this marijuana aspect of it. Evidently, hemp doesn't. Now you can be 100% American and have hemp. But if you have that marijuana, that thing, and you're going to – you're going to want jazz music. You're going to think that you're, you should have things done a different way. And we don't want change. We want everything to be the same. Because when you think about it, even jazz music, it's improvisation. It is making stuff up. And it's great. But, boy, it's just too much freedom. You know, we can have enough freedom so long as that it's like law and order freedom. Yeah, that's a, that's a sad world we're in. It is. Uh yeah, I guess uh, my lunchtime is pretty much over, though. <laughs> yeah, man. Like, I'm not kidding. Like, well, like, just, just to catch up, it was a fairly quiet week yeah. in marijuana legalization news or cannabis legalization news. Granted, it was Easter, and also there was 420. So uh, it was a good week. I had a good week, and I'm looking forward to next week. I might be, I might be real busy next week. I'm going to be in Chicago on uh, April the 30th uh, talking to the Cannabis Investors Conference uh, about – I'll be on the hemp panel. So I'll be discussing that. And then there's going to be some M&A discussions. And we will then hopefully open the state of Illinois to its inaugural hemp year. And then we'll have an adult use bill. And everybody will be freaking happy. For your investor conference, is that just for Illinois? Or is that just in general for, for cannabis type? 
Uh, well, I think it's it's being held in Chicago. They do them in large metropolitan areas because that's usually where people gravitate towards. And so they aren't going to do it in the middle of nowhere. Uh, so this one's in Chicago. And I think it is to get ahead of the investors that want to get into um, adult use. But I'll, I, you know, I'm really excited to go and learn more. And uh, we'll, I'll report on that next Wednesday, May the 1st. You should, uh, just make sure you uh, give them the advice of doing a simple Google search of whoever they're investing into. Yes, yes. Uh, the simple Google search. Well, I'm assuming Canopy uh, Brands or was one of them. Or, but um, yeah, man, it's uh, that is something that uh, did that come out this week? Was that the Acreage Holdings Canopy uh, uh, deal that that did you hear about that? Yeah, no. It's yeah, it's, it's contingent like on marijuana being legalized. You know, that's kind of hilarious because like you can't have illegal contracts. And so this this merger deal where acreage is going to sell the can uh yeah i think it's canopy brands i'd have to yeah. look i'm not i'm not all that familiar with the canadian um uh, marijuana companies simply because i'm not canadian um but yeah it's it's interesting that we have a, a merger deal between a fairly large american uh cannabis company acreage holdings and a very large canadian company and it's contingent on it being a lawful transaction you know marijuana becoming legalized I think you will, uh, with with your upcoming legalization, you will soon become involved with a lot of Canadians and Israelis. Uh, that, that's a big no problem. With that. That's a lot of money flowing out here in the Northwest. Um, the the backers, the uh, the sponsors. I don't know what to fucking call them. The the investors. The the freedom fighters. Wait, let's not call them that. <laughs> that sounds like they're they're you know fighting the gorillas in the jungle or something. Well, they're just the ones dropping money for state people. That's what they do. And they want their return eventually. Of course they want their return. If they're investors, they get a return. Or they uh, they have an exit strategy. But until next, next week, man, thanks for joining us on another exciting episode of Cannabis Legalization News. I'll see you in a week. Peace.